The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio Show. Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management has offices in Bend, Eugene, and John Day, serving clients from all over the Northwest. Give us a call today for your free retirement review. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. Uh, so um, the Fed funds rate right now, the Fed, Fed overnight market, Committee has the Fed funds rate right now at between five and a quarter and five and a half percent. I hate that they put it in a range. So essentially, it's five and a half percent. The market is sort of pricing in another increase, but not till the November meeting, uh, moving rates to five and a half to five point seven five. And I did want to uh, read Jerome Powell's quote uh, from Jackson Hole. He said, although inflation has moved down from its peak, a welcome development, it remains too high. We are prepared to raise interest rates further if appropriate and intend to hold policy at a restrictive level until we are confident that inflation is moving sustainably down toward our objective. And just so everybody knows, our objective is 2%. And getting it from where it is now to 2% is the hardest part of all. Having it go down from 9 to 5 was relatively easy. Um, but going from 35 or 4% down to 2 is going to prove to be very difficult because as soon as the Fed, the the, the market thinks the Fed uh, is going to hit, sit tight and not move rates anymore, um, then the behavior of markets, whether it be the real estate market or the stock market, comes roaring back. And guess what? That's inflationary. And then their problem uh, persists. So the Fed understands uh, they're in a conundrum. And I, and I can't figure out why the market doesn't believe Jerome Powell when he says this because he keeps repeating it and he he sends his uh his henchmen out to to repeat it uh but but I guess the market you know is so used to zerp zero interest rate policy that they just don't want to believe well, it either that they, either they don't they don't want to believe it because they or they they just because of their book they can't believe it right do you uh you remember like that in the June July ramp of stock prices then the it fed into PPI because asset manager fees were like a big big contributor to the PPI that was yeah but don't you think that you know the Al Gore famous the, in, the inconvenient truth don't you think that this is the situation where it's an inconvenient truth like for so many people in America normalized or higher interest rates is a very big problem for their living how they make a living yeah well it's i mean it's going to uproot normalization is going to uproot so many fundamental assumptions of the last 12 to 14 years and and it's, it's an inconvenient truth yeah and it's just i mean the things that were always true are still true it's just that the last you know 15 years have been so warped and especially my generation so yeah, many, your your generation thinks real estate. There's no better investment just, in the history of the world. But and so many people that I know that are really, really successful on a professional basis have spent their entire careers working at non profitable businesses that are have obscene valuations to this day because of zero interest rate policy. And the right. seemingly, ad, you know, when you work at a non profitable business and you do something for that business, like what productive value you're adding to society. Well, you know the problem with America. We only do first-level thinking. There's no second-level thinking in America, and that is uh, a problem, especially when it, as it relates to a millennial. Okay, so Josh and I talk all the time about uh, delaying taking your Social Security benefits. You know, we we talk about all the strategies that we have our clients employ to uh, employ, I should say, to to delay taking Social Security. Um, and so I, I saw an, uh, an interesting. Um, calculator that calculates what your break-even benefit would be uh, because it matters a lot. Every year you can delay taking Social Security, it matters a lot. And so I looked at what the difference, the, what the break-even, so what age you would have to, if you waited between 62, if you said, I'm gonna, instead of 62, I'm going to take it at 70, how old you'd have to be to get to break-even? And so the answer is, um, it, it's 
80.4 years. So if 10.4 years past 62, uh, you'd have to wait um, to get to break even. Uh, but difference between 62 and 70. Um, and it doesn't matter what your Social Security benefit is dollar-wise. That's the number. It's, it's, so if you wait to take Social Security, um, you have to live to 80.4 if you wait till 70 to break even. Every, every day past that, you're making more money. And so if you believe you're going to live to 80, uh, then you should delay taking Social Security to 70. That's did that, did that make sense? Yeah. Maybe to you because you have all those advanced degrees. So, all right. Uh, let's talk about yeah, something. That, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's really, really important. Uh, it's the only way that Josh and I are successful investors. And that is, uh, and, and when I say successful, I mean, these are other people in, in the world. Uh, the key to this, their success, whether it be Warren Buffett, Ray Dalio, Jim Simons, is that they all employ something called rules-based investing. And so, Josh, Please explain to our listening audience what is rules-based investing, and then we can talk about why it's so dang important, whether it's you or Warren Buffett. People have often framed it as like this investment. You know, a lot of people approach investing with an investment policy statement, which just like outlines the rules by which they're going to invest. And, uh, you know, rules-based investing generally falls into two categories, and, and it's either, you know, Vanguard defines them as either temporal or threshold. So it's a time-based thing uh, where, you know, ideally, of course, you don't, uh, rebalance and sell your winners too soon, uh, but you know you 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 predetermine a time frame in which you're going to readjust your allocation back to what you wanted it to be. Uh, that's that's the temporal side, and then the threshold side is you know you look and say, well, I'm going to sell X or buy X if it deviates five percent from uh, my current target or my target allocation, and that's that's basically the the most general categor- categorization as far as coming up with rules about when you're going to tr- bring your portfolio back to what you originally contemplated it to be. Uh, we kind of follow a combination of the two uh, in practice. But uh, for most people, you know, rules-based investing is as simple as just rebalancing every 18 months or so, which just means you know, you know what your asset allocation is as far as what percentage you have allocated to large-cap stocks, small-cap stocks, developed international, and to fixed income. Uh, and, you know, Every 18 months, just rebalance and bring those positions back to where you originally wanted them to be. But but another like so that's just the that's just the rules around rebalancing your portfolio. But there's a, a lot of other rules that can be applicable too. So, so it can be based on valuation. If you I mean, think about Buffett, yeah, right? Course, so Buffett yeah. has. Uh, you know, he builds tons of cash when markets get expensive. And then, um, you know, when markets sell off and markets get cheap, uh, cash is worth a lot when other people need it desperately. Like during the global financial crisis, everybody was knocking on Buffett's door. And so he was able to to get terms that none of us would get because he had hundreds of billions of dollars in cash. And so, you know, he, he says when X gets to a certain valuation, my rules say that I can buy that. But, you know, it also can relate to your rules can be how you dollar cost or how you get your money invested in the market, right? And so that that's a really important thing because what happens for so many people is that they'll be investing in their 401k or investing however they invest on a systematic basis, and then the market sells off, and then they stop investing. And the rule should be not only should you not stop investing, when markets sell off, I'm going to increase my contributions. And so you, – you, you know, I'm not. Josh and I aren't here to tell you what your rules should be. That, but you need to have at least three or four, maybe even five rules around how you invest, what you invest in, and then when markets change, what your reaction to those uh, and those changes are. Because here's the deal: our rules are going to be different than your rules, and your rules are going to be different than Buffett's or Ray Dalio's. As long as your rules are sound and they're based in sound principles and you stick to them, you will be a successful investor. Because when you look at people with sound investment principles and rules that they, that they use to stick to those investment principles, they have success over time. And, and I'm not here to tell you what those rules are. Josh just gave you some examples. But you need to write them down and stick to them because your emotions will try to have you override those rules. But the rules work. And, and I mean, Josh, give a real quick example of, of March of 2020, our rules working. Yeah, well, March of 2020 for us was just a threshold rule that got triggered where, you know, the market was down 34% in 18 trading days. And, you know, our threshold got triggered. So it's, and 
essentially an auto purchase on our part. But for we, so were, many, we were selling bonds and buying stocks yeah. because stocks had bonds had risen in value, stocks had declined in value, our stock allocation came way down. So we were buying stocks in the face of a brutal bear market. Our clients thought we were crazy, but it was two days before the market bottom. But for so many genius. people, threshold rules are, you know, it's relative valuation or X percent sell off, I'm going to deploy capital here. I mean, that's the kind of way to think about it. But the, the reason the rules are so important is Josh and I didn't want to be buying stocks when we thought the world was changing, but the rules told us to do it and it turned out to be genius. We're not geniuses, our rules are genius. That's, that's the point. All right, if you'd like to be part of the show, give us a call, 877-670-7117, or you can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk to you about the differences between ETFs and mutual funds, so stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. We love it here, and we think you will too. Welcome to Alpine Meadows. Beautifully kept landscaping, Alpine Meadows has one-bedroom apartments and two- and three-bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer, beautiful decks, patios, and designer kitchens. Alpine Meadows is conveniently located next to the Dallas, California Highway and minutes away from Orchard Park's nature trails, a place proud to call home. Google Alpine Meadows townhomes, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. You enjoy the quiet life, but... You like being close to the action. Living that fits you is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend, corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Plateau Travel Plaza. a long day and you want to play get your mind off of the road have a great meal try your slot machines life's good on the plateau quick stop anytime gets you everything under the sun life's good on the plateau food fuel and fun food fuel and fun at the plateau travel plaza in madras you get food, fuel, and fun all in one fabulous stop. After you fuel up with our low fuel prices, enjoy something fresh from our deli. Shop our store for local crafts and jewelry, travel essentials, electronics, and more. Then have some fun in our game room with 40 of the hottest slot machines and all the rewards you can handle. Life's good on the plateau. Food, fuel, and fun. Major phone carriers make you sign contracts with rigid data plans to trap you into a kind of forced phonogamy. Sounds pretty insecure if you ask me. At Consumer Cellular, we believe in a more consensual and healthy form of phonogamy, free of contracts and more flexible to your data needs. This way, you stick around not because we force you to with contracts and fees, but because you love our phone plans. Like ardently love our phone plans. Phonogamously. Consumer Cellular. When Freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Are you working way too hard for way too little? There's never been a better time to consider a career in IT. You can enjoy a recession-resistant career in a rewarding field with plenty of growth opportunities and often flexible work environments. Go to My Computer Career and take the free career evaluation. You can start your new career in months, not years. Take classes online or on campus, and financial aid is available to qualified students, including the GI Bill. Now is the time. MyComputerCareer.edu. Financial Focus Radio Show is online all the time via iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker. Catch past shows online or by finding us on iTunes. 
Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. If you'd like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a video where we talk about uh, what's going on in the capital markets and how that's affecting your money and maybe some things you should be thinking about as it relates to your money. Uh, so we do those videos on the 15th and 30th of every month. If you want to get added to that list, go to our website, Northwest Quadrant Wealth, put in your email address, and we'll send you the link to our e-newsletter uh, when we when we do those. We just did one last week entitled Duration, Duration, Duration. Uh, so Josh sent me a funny thing from Twitter, I think this is. Um, uh, but the new UAW boss, um, uh, United Auto Workers, obviously the United Auto, Auto Workers Union, um, uh, and I know this is a negotiation thing, but he requested – a uh, 46% raise and a 32-hour wor- uh, work week uh, for their members of the UAW. And what's interesting to me is uh, he- here's a guy that uh, has 150,000 members of the UAW um, who has an unbelievable amount of power. And if you want to know one of the reasons that the car business is so terrible, here you go. <laughs> These unions. If you think about the industries in America – that are really, and I hope I don't get, we don't get any nasty calls from anybody in part of a union. But when you think about industries that have heavy union involvement, like the auto uh, automakers or the airlines, uh, they are terrible investments. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're unionized. And it's, it, you look at like Starbucks, the reason Starbucks fights so dang hard uh, to keep from being unionized is because the economics of their business goes down really, really quickly. Tesla is the only major auto, American auto, auto manufacturer not represented by a union in the U.S. And, the, and that makes a difference in the economics of Tesla's business. And the one thing I know about Elon Musk, <laughs> he, he, he will go to his grave before he lets Tesla become unionized. Well, it'll ruin the company. Yeah, well, well there you go. I mean, every single car company. There used to be 365 car companies in the United States. Uh, now there's three, and all of them but one have gone bankrupt. I guess now two, Tesla. And Tesla. Tesla was essentially insolvent, but uh, zero interest rates saved Tesla um, from from being uh, out of business. Uh, over the last 15 years, the S&P 500 has gained over 360% versus only a 58% increase for the MSCI World XUS ETF, uh, and just only a 33% increase over that same time for emerging markets. That's the longest outperform- U.S. outperformance uh, cycle we have ever seen. And so when you look back uh, over the last 100 years and you look at how the U.S. has done versus uh, stock markets around the world, so like the developed international index or the emerging market index, we've never seen uh, such a long period of outperformance being 15 years, and we've never seen such a dramatic uh, outperformance from a percentage basis. And so um, I bring that up, you know, Josh and I, the last two weeks, we talked about emerging market stocks and we talked about developed international. Uh, and we're not saying put all your portfolio in these things, but um, it is it is an asset class, another asset class that you might consider looking at uh, because it is cheap relative uh, to the U.S. And it's also if we have reversion to the mean and reversion to the mean in the investing world is definitely a thing, uh, we should have a significant period of outperformance from those other two markets. So um, what I thought we'd talk about is the difference uh, between an exchange traded fund or ETF for short and a mutual fund and sort of the pluses and minuses of them or sort of how they're similar and how they're different. Um, and so, Josh, I don't know, you can chime in whenever you want, but um, the, the, so the similarities of what's of how they're similar is uh, so they're they're a basket of securities. Both of them are baskets of securities. They own a bunch of different securities in whatever asset class you're talking about. Um, so it's a sort of diversification in one security in one investment. And so if you think of uh, there are two there are, you know a couple different ways you can own the S and P 500 index, for example. You can own the SPY, which is the oldest uh, ETF that exists out there. I think it was started in 1993. Uh, it's just an exchange-traded fund or ETF that tracks the S&P 500. But there's a lot of other mutual funds uh, that also track the S&P 500. Um, and so they both own the same exact securities, um, 
And, and so that's how they're similar. How they're different is uh, is how they trade. And so a mutual fund, uh, that same example I gave you, uh, let's say, call it the Vanguard uh, S and P five hundred uh, mutual fund, is going to price all of the securities in the S and P five hundred at the end of the day, and that's going to give the mutual fund its price. Uh, in the exchange traded world, the difference is um, those uh, that exchange traded fund or ETF is going to trade all day long. Um, in the market, just like a stock. And so when you make a purchase, let's say at noon for the mutual fund, you're not going to get the price at noon in the market. You're going to get the price at the end of the day. If you make a trade in the exchange traded fund uh, at noon, you're going to get the price of the exchange traded fund at that point. And so uh, that's just one of the many reasons we use exchange traded funds versus a mutual fund is we know the price we're paying when we make the purchase as opposed to the end of the day. And so, you know, it, it, uh, at the ultimately, you know, if you're a long-term investor, middle of the day, end of the day, it's not going to make a difference. But uh, in heightened volatility, like we've seen uh, over the last decade or couple decades in, in the United States in the stock market, you know, we'll have days where the market could be down five percent intraday, and then make it back to even. And so we, Josh and I, happen to like to be able to take advantage of that decline of a five of five percent or a rise of five percent in the market. Uh, as opposed to the mutual fund where we wouldn't be able to, to take advantage of that. So the, the other difference is from a tax perspective, an exchange-traded fund is going to be uh, much more – not much more, but significantly more uh, tax-efficient than its mutual fund counterpart because of the way uh, that the mutual fund has to distribute its capital gains. Uh, and the it's the way that transactions are treated internal to the fund compared to the ETF, basically. In, in, in how the in, meaning how the capital gains gets distributed yeah. to the shareholders. Um, and so the other thing is that, uh, not, in all, not in all cases, but generally, this is a general thing, when you compare a mutual fund that owns the same uh, index, for example, or an exchange-traded fund, the exchange-traded fund most of the time is going to be cheaper in cost. And so we know one of the biggest determinants of investment returns over time uh, is fees. And so if you can get the same exact, literally the same exact investment, um, but pay a lower fee, why wouldn't you do it? And so when Josh and I look at the difference between mutual funds, and mutual funds were great, are, have been historically a great tool, and they're still a great tool uh, to invest in, but uh, why not invest in something that is a little bit better? And so when, when Josh and I think about building our portfolios for our clients, we're going to use exchange-traded funds all the time, and especially in a taxable account, because when you look at they're more tax-efficient, they're lower cost, and we can trade them throughout the day so they have daily liquidity as opposed to the end of the day. To us, that seems like a no-brainer um, to, to look at exchange-traded funds uh, versus mutual funds. So again, mutual funds are, are still valid, and they, they still have a place, and they've been a great tool for investors to use over time. But I, we wholeheartedly believe that more and more you're going to see a lot of these asset managers go from a mutual fund complex to an exchange traded complex because um, that's where the market is going to drive them. People are, like us are just going to say, look, we're not buying mutual funds anymore. Um, they were fine, but exchange traded funds are a better option for our clients because they're cheaper, more tax efficient, and we can trade them throughout the day. And those three, those three things make them overwhelming, uh, overwhelming in terms of our opinion of, of what we should put in our client portfolio. So those are the difference, exchange traded funds versus mutual funds. Um, in a lot of cases, Pretty soon, you'll probably be able to do a tax-free exchange from a mutual fund, like, say, at Vanguard, into their same uh, exchange-traded fund that tracks the same index. But uh, that's probably somewhere out there in the future. All right. If you'd like to uh, – if you have a question or comment for us to show, give us a call, 877-670-7117. Or you can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we'll tackle some of your email questions, so stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com.
most news, the most traffic, the most weather. FM 100.1 is News Talk 1110, KVND, Bend. Today I'll get a workout in at the fitness center. Tomorrow, maybe some rafting on the Deschutes River. Or I could go for a swim and spend the afternoon by the pool. It's pretty easy to fill your calendar when you live the life you love at Stonebriar. Walk the nature trails at Pilot Butte, or maybe give Tracy a call. We can go shopping in Bend on Saturday. Sunday, read a book on the deck. And after an active day outside, you come home to gorgeous resort-style one, two, or three-bedroom apartments with cook's kitchens, spacious bath, full-size washer and dryers, computer labs with free internet, covered parking, and... My fur babies. Pets allowed. Stonebriar is currently accepting applications. Their beautiful landscape grounds feature two clubhouses and are on Highway 20 near 27th and Bend. Google Stonebriar Apartments for details. Stonebriar, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Stonebriar Apartments. The best of resort living. Special Labor Day savings right now at Wilson's of Redmond. Hi, it's the Count of Monte Cristi for Uncle Wilson. Wilson's has worked with their manufacturers to provide exceptional Labor Day values. Right now, you can save on great brands like Leather Italia, Porter, England, Southern Motion, and that handcrafted Amish furniture from Country Classic Collections. You pick the style, you pick the hardware, you pick the kind of wood, and then it's custom made for you. Get up to $1,500 stressless credit towards additional seating and accessories or Save $400 on select stressless recliners and ottomans. And sticking with the stressless, they've got recliner and sofa closeouts that are deeply discounted and available for immediate delivery. Save up to $1,000 with a free box springs and two free pillows with the purchase of a handmade heirloom luxury mattress. Remember, you always get special financing and free deliveries available. Just see the store for all the details. Shop special Labor Day savings now at Wilson's of Redmond. They've been keeping it local for 61 years. fun at the plateau travel plaza in madras you get food fuel and fun all in one fabulous stop after you fuel up with our low fuel prices enjoy something fresh from our deli shop our store for local crafts and jewelry travel essentials electronics and more then have some fun in our game room with 40 of the hottest slot machines and all the rewards you can handle life's good on the plateau food fuel and fun Suffering from summertime backyard envy? Don't fight it. Basilite it. Yes, you can have a better yard than your neighbors. The Basilite way. Let the experts at Basilite take your ideas and help you one-up that garden club winner down the block. Basilite is your one-stop shop for natural stone, pavers, retaining walls, and hardscape materials. Basilite, curing backyard envy with exceptional products and service. Locally owned in Redmond since 1980 and at the right price. Remember, don't fight it. Basilite. Are you working way too hard for way too little? There's never been a better time to consider a career in IT. You could enjoy a recession-resistant career in a rewarding field with plenty of growth opportunities and often flexible work environments. Go to My Computer Career and take the free career evaluation. You could start your new career in months, not years. Take classes online or on campus, and financial aid is available to qualified students, including the GI Bill. Now is the time. MyComputerCareer.edu. The mission is clear. Give honest, transparent analysis and actionable advice every week. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube and get our twice-monthly e-newsletter. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to sign up for one of our... Uh, actually, no. If you want to sign up for a free retirement view, uh, one of us will give you an hour of our time. You get to pick uh, to talk about anything in your financial life, your portfolio, your asset location, whatever you want to talk about is fair game. 
So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get one of those meetings scheduled. The number here, 800-743-0988, or you can always email us, which is what most people do by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. All right, for all of you parents and grandparents out there, I bring this up like once a month. Uh, there's a book that I want you to get for your kids or grandkids. Uh, it is written by a doctor, actually, an MD. His name is his name is John Lim, L-I-M, uh, and it's called How to Raise Your Child's Financial IQ, The Most Important Things. And so it's uh, 64 pages long. It's not a long read. Um, or six, Sorry, 62 pages long. Uh, and it teaches you, your kids or your grandkids the importance of basic uh, financial planning. So compound interest, savings, debt, net worth, budgeting, all of those things. Uh, because the problem in the United States is that we have uh, financial illiteracy. And that through adults, everybody is financially illiterate. And it, uh, if you can start early and understand basic concepts of finance, uh, it will make a very material impact on your life going forward. It doesn't mean you have to, you know, you're, you, you, it, it makes it so that you can become a millionaire without having to make a lot of money. We have lots of clients that are, are quite rich because they understood the basic concepts in this book at a young age and they stuck to them. So again, it's called How to Raise Your Child's Financial IQ, The Most Important Things by John Lim, L-I-M. Uh, you can just Google that, and I, there used to be free a free PDF version of it, and you can just print it off and read it. But I, I I've been promoting it so much, and we have such a big listener base that yeah, he, he probably had to make a paywall. Um, and then before we tackle email questions, I want to bring this up. I'm bring, I'm going to bring this up every single show for the rest of the year at least once. Uh, one of the things that you need to value almost above everything else in your portfolio is liquidity, meaning having the ability to sell something and sell it for cash the day you want to sell it. Do not put things in your portfolio that are illiquid because uh, that illiquidity is disguised, is it a disguise in most cases, uh, for a terrible investment. And so l value liquidity above almost anything else. All right. Let's tackle some email questions. Uh, email from Jackson. I don't know if that's the last name or the first name. Uh, I'm interviewing financial advisors to potentially hire to help my wife and I in retirement. The SEC website and others have suggested que suggested questions to ask the advisor when interviewing them. The question about are you a fiduciary keeps coming up. What does that mean and why does it matter so much? Uh, simply a fiduciary is someone that's legally obligated to put their, or I shouldn't say legally, but it has an yeah, obligation legally, well, by the SEC. Yeah, but there, let's let's flush it out a little bit because there's different types of fiduciaries within our industry. Wait, of course. does the University of Oregon Law School is that a real law school? <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it really isn't. <laughs> I wouldn't pay to go there. I only say, oh yeah, <laughs> but, I only say that because that's where Josh went to law school. But uh, you know, someone that's obligated to put their interest ahead of your own. But I would say, like within our industry, right? There's all of these people that represent themselves as fiduciaries that maybe aren't because their fiduciary is it relates to they paid for some accreditation, like that says they're a fiduciary. Or in some of their accounts, they're a fiduciary. Yeah, or, or like the regulatory. You know, there's people that are fiduciaries as bound by their regulatory authority like if you uh, you know if you're a large registered investment advisory firm like we are you know our regulatory authority is the Securities and Exchange Commission and so you know not acting with in accordance with our fiduciary duty there's real consequences for but you know if you're paying an accreditation agency to say you're a fiduciary and you put uh, AIF for instance as an acronym behind your name like is that a regulatory authority that attaches real penalties to you not acting <laughs> in accordance with that duty like definitely not and so i mean there's tons of opacity in the business now because people have latched onto that word and almost everyone out there now you know in the advisory business represents themselves as such but it's on you ultimately as the you know prospective client to go out there and do your due diligence as it relates to like what actually makes them a fiduciary uh, because the mud, the waters are very muddy in that regard. Well, so look, here, here's here's the deal. I, I, we are fiduciaries, right? And we act in accordance with all the rules that a fiduciary has to act in as it relates to our clients, our staff, and ourselves. And we think it's very important. 
Uh, but but just because somebody is a fiduciary does not make them not a criminal. So the import, the first thing I say when I get asked this question, because we get asked this question all the time by people who are prospective clients, are you? It's the first thing people ask us, and it makes me laugh every single time. Guess who else was a fiduciary? Bernie Madoff, right? And so he perpetuated the biggest fraud in American history. And he was a fiduciary. So by somebody telling you they're fiduciary doesn't make them a good person. Guess what? Every big bank in America is also a fiduciary. And that doesn't make them act in a good way, right? The behavior of Americans large, America's large banks is laughable. But they're all fiduciaries. So all of you, like the, the idea, and I understand that these are the seven questions you should ask your financial advisor. Just because your financial advisor doesn't is a fiduciary does not make them uh, a good per, you know does not make sure they're going to do act correctly on your behalf. We see accounts managed by fiduciaries all the time that are full of trash, trash, and, and it's it's not even close. I mean, they're full of stuff that is good for the advisor that put it in there, or the advisor got taken on a lunch or a dinner or you know some trip. That if, if they were is, truly acting in accordance with their fiduciary duty, they would be removing themselves from the relationship. Right, but guess what? The SEC does not have time to figure out if XYZ advisor got taken on a trip to San Diego and then put some investment in your account. And, and, and was that in acting in, in accordance with being a fiduciary? The SEC does not have time to do that uh, because they have bigger fish to fry. But it, it always cracks me up. I, I, of course, I think that if you're going to be an investor, you always need to invest with a true fiduciary, like somebody is that actually a true fiduciary. But just so you know, it doesn't preclude them from being a criminal. Like those are not mutually exclusive. Uh, the rules that they, the, the rules in the tenants that they have to sort of live by as it relates to investing your money are higher, a higher standard than say a registered rep that has to just recommend suitable investments. And so of course you want somebody that has to act in your best interest by law versus just has to recommend suitable investments. But in both cases, they can both be scumbags and put terrible things in your invest in your account. Okay. Uh, Jay, this comes from James. I'm 64. I just inherited $50,000. I'm leery investing in stocks as I took a bath after 9-11 and saw my $70,000 401k cut in half. I have been looking at high interest savings accounts in digital banks such as CIT Bank, but I'm concerned about their legitimacy. What do you guys think of these online banks? Uh, as long as they're, you know, I mean, it's all FDIC insured. So, I mean, the onus is on you to m ensure that, you know, that's, the tr that's actually applicable to that particular bank. But uh, if they're representing themselves as a bank in the United States online, uh, chances are pretty good that that that's an institution that's reputable, right? I mean, do you disagree? Well, no. So here's the thing. I, I mean, I, I my first thing to think is to say exactly what you said, and as long as you stay under the FDIC limits of two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you're going to be covered uh, if they are in fact an actual Go bank. Go to Bankrate or Nerd Wallet or yeah, one of but, these like aggregators that rank banking rank, rank banks, and you can pretty easily discern the legitimacy of it. But the one thing I would say is like when I you know I, I thought about this in a lot of different angles, and I because. I look at the bond market every morning, and when you look at the corporate bond market, you, there's, I mean, banks are huge issuer of bonds, and so there's always issues of different ba bank bonds in there. And and when I look at a lot of these banks that just exist online, um, their credit is unbelievably low, and the yield on their bonds is usually really high, which means the market doesn't think of them as great businesses uh, for whatever reason. And so, you know, if you're online bank, like in your example, CIT, were to fail, uh, you you know, you'd have protection up to the FDIC insurance limit, uh, but it's a pain in the butt to get that money. So um, you just sort of want to make sure you're doing it with the most reputable uh, of all the uh, online uh, banks because, you know, everything's fine until it isn't. And then, you know, if you have to, if you have to get the FDIC insurance paid, all that stuff, it would just be a giant pain in the butt. So, um, all right, if you'd like to uh, sign up for our e-newsletter, you can go to our website, uh, sorry, northwestquadrantwealth.com. I had a brain fart there. Northwestquadrantwealth.com. Click on the... Um, Mitch, Mitch McConnell Jr. Oh, man. that's Josh is just winning with the older generation today. <laughs> uh, and it's a short video Josh and I do. In Tribute the that one to Tim, our, and, our and producer. The, end of every month. Yeah, but they're not going to call Tim's office. They're going to call our office. Uh, when we come back, we'll tackle one last segment of emails. So, and Josh will offend the rest of you that he hasn't offended yet. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 
800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. In Central Oregon, we have many diverse communities. Whether you live in the dense conifer forest, juniper sage flats, or one of our urban areas, we all have one thing in common, the threat of wildfire. Follow these tips in each zone to protect your home and our community. Zero to five feet. Reduce flammable brush or materials from around your home and under nearby trees. Attic and foundation vents should have at least eighth inch metal screening. Keep your roof and gutters clear. Choose fire resistant plants, building materials, and lawn furniture. Five to 30 feet. Limb trees at least six feet from the ground. Keep grass and weeds cut low. Clear wood piles and building materials at least 30 feet away from your home. 30 to 100 feet. Establish your defensible space at least 100 feet from your home or at your property line. Keep address signs visible and your driveway accessible. Work together with your neighbors and participate in the FireWise USA program. Thank you for helping protect our community from wildfire. For more information, visit centraloregonfire.org. Today I'll get a workout in at the fitness center. Tomorrow, maybe some rafting on the Deschutes River. Or I could go for a swim and spend the afternoon by the pool. It's pretty easy to fill your calendar when you live the life you love at Stonebriar. Walk the nature trails at Pilot Butte, or maybe give Tracy a call. We can go shopping in Bend on Saturday. Sunday, read a book on the deck. And after an active day outside, you come home to gorgeous resort-style one, two, or three-bedroom apartments with cook's kitchens, spacious bath, full-size washer and dryers, computer labs with free internet, covered parking, and... My fur babies. Pets allowed. Stonebriar is currently accepting applications. Their beautiful landscape grounds feature two clubhouses and are on Highway 20 near 27th and Bend. Google Stonebriar Apartments for details. Stonebriar, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Stonebriar Apartments. The best of resort living. Special Labor Day savings right now at Wilson's of Redmond. Hi, it's the Count of Monte Cristi for Uncle Wilson. Wilson's has worked with their manufacturers to provide exceptional Labor Day values. Right now, you can save on great brands like Leather Italia, Porter, England, Southern Motion, and that handcrafted Amish furniture from Country Classic Collections. You pick the style, you pick the hardware, you pick the kind of wood, and then it's custom made for you. Get up to $1,500 stressless credit towards additional seating and accessories, or save $400 on select stressless recliners and ottomans. And sticking with the stressless, they've got recliner and sofa closeouts that are deeply discounted and available for immediate delivery. Save up to $1,000 with a free box springs and two free pillows with the purchase of a handmade heirloom luxury mattress. Remember, you always get special financing and free deliveries available. Just see the store for all the details. Shop special Labor Day savings now at Wilson's of Redmond. They've been keeping it local for 61 years. Need a windshield? 70% of replacements are done incorrectly. Cascade Auto Glass gets it right the first time, and they come to you. Proudly serving Oregon for 30 years, you can trust the experts at Cascade Auto Glass with their state-of-the-art ADAS camera recalibration. You know your windshield does more than just provide you with pretty views. It keeps you safe. Cascade Auto Glass with two locations, Bend and Redmond. Go to CascadeAutoGlass.com to get your free quote today. your free retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Call us today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. Call our office if you want to get signed up for one of those free retirement reviews. Uh, and we will get you on the calendar. So uh, 2023 uh, uh, has seen um, the most uh, mutual fund closures and exchange-traded fund closures ever. 
so global fund closures, that means mutual funds and ETFs, uh, have climbed to 930 in 2023, uh, rising at a record pace from the 373 at the same point last year. Um, what's crazy to me um, is new listings still exceed closures but have slowed. There's 1,600 new listings of mutual funds and ETFs this year. That's crazy. And so what 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 that is happening is like some Yahoo, like Josh and I, came up with some strategy to invest money and said we're going to uh, backtest our strategy here and then we're going to look at it and say, okay, let's open a mutual fund or an exchange-traded fund and put that out in the market. And then it never get, gathers any assets uh, and then they have to close it because the performance isn't good. Um, and so I'll tell you a real quick story. I started in the investment business uh, working at a mutual fund company called Pioneer Investments in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, fourth oldest mutual fund company in the world. Uh, and it was, you know, blue, blue blood, all that stuff. And it was, uh, it was actually fun in the beginning and then it turned into what everything else turns into. But one of the things, <clears throat> you know, like I got to see behind the curtain a few times. Um, and one of the things that I learned was that, uh, at Pioneer, we were incubating funds all the time, meaning we would have, let's say, we'd say, okay, uh, we're going to put $100,000 into this mid-cap strategy, but we're going to have five versions of it, uh, and we're going to manage them all differently. So the mid-cap manager had his his mid-cap uh, value fund and his mid-cap growth fund that he was managing that was out there in the public. But then he also, him and his team, had five other funds perpetually in incubation uh, that had um, different stocks in them. Uh, and then what the fund company would do is they, they'd have those going on. And then at the end of three years, they'd pick the one with the best track record. And then they'd put that out in the public. And because it was in existence, and meaning there was money in it, uh, they could publish those three-year returns. And so what do you think happened? They gathered up a lot of assets, and then once the assets are in something, they generally don't leave. Um, and so that they were sort of cherry picking investment returns, putting them out there in the public uh, and, and saying, look at this. And then that fund would gather a bunch of assets. Um, and while they weren't doing anything wrong, and th believe me, this isn't unique to Pioneer. So I'm not, I don't want any letters from Pioneer. Um, I, they weren't doing anything legally wrong. It was sort of morally wrong and, and sort of false advertising. Um, and so that's what's happening. It's still happening in the, in the business. <clears throat> um, Generally, Josh and I just think you should be buying broad-based index funds that are low-cost and tax-efficient, and all of these stupid thematic and you know uh, ETFs that you know where you can buy the energy sector or the healthcare sector or New Zealand or whatever it is. All that's just a waste of your time. They're more expensive. You're not going to get the timing of those right. I promise you. And guess what? If you're buying a healthcare ETF or an oil ETF. All that's in the index anyway, so you don't need to worry about it. If it's doing well, it will do well in the index. <clears throat> okay, excuse me. Uh, this comes from Art. Um, you guys tell us day in and day out how important it is to save in a 401k and Roth IRA accounts, but you've never explained how we'll be able to withdraw the money in retirement. Are we allowed to withdraw funds at will like a checking account? Are we obligated to establish a withdrawal schedule? I plan to start using my nest egg at the earliest date possible, age 59 and a half. Well, most of our uh, clients stick to some version of a budget. And so that what they do is they set up what we, we call periodic distribution. So they just set a timetable and, you know, essentially create a paycheck coming from uh, their retirement accounts, whether it's a combination of several or uh, Roth and traditional IRA and taxable, whatever. But the idea is that they just create paychecks from each one of their respective accounts. Uh, they arrive at the same time every month. Some of them have also what's called on-demand distributions instructions set up, which lets them take money at will, uh, big one-time distributions. But most actually find, I think, that you know having a version of a budget is the best way to approach that stuff. But of course, you know your financial advisor usually sets up the tax withholding uh, if it's coming from a pre-tax account, so you don't really have to worry about quarterlies or any of that additional tax liability. Uh, they take care of you know the advisor will take care of the withholding state and federal but setting up a payment stream is pretty simple and uh, you get to really choose the frequency and the amount uh, but of course our job is to advise you as to uh, the sustainability of those payments I should say yeah the other thing are the important thing for you to know is I guess the first part of your question is like uh, you said are we allowed to withdraw those funds at will like a checking account uh, yes you I mean that money's fully liquid you want to take the whole thing and take it to Vegas and uh, go to the roulette table you can absolutely do that um, 
but unlike a checking account, it, uh, hopefully your money is invested. And so checking account, a dollar today is a dollar tomorrow. Um, unfortunately, occasionally we will have a client that has a taxable account and they uh, use it as if it's a checking account. And sometimes they get lucky and markets are up and, and they're fine, but other times uh, markets are down. And so we're, in that case, obviously doing a bad, bad job of educating that client as to uh, that it's not a checking account. If you need this money to be readily available all the time, you need to actually put it in a checking account or savings account. Uh, this money is longer term. If it's going to be invested in stocks, you need, in our world, at least a five-year time horizon, preferably more, to even in, think about investing in stocks. Uh, but then, Art, you should also ask yourself, um, why are you going to start using your nest egg at 59 and a half uh, as you know, because uh, people are living longer. Uh, hopefully art in your case, you will live a long, healthy life well after 59 and a half. And so that you, you need that money to last as long as you do, because the biggest risk that most of all, um, all Americans have is long-term care. Uh, and you need to have some money unless you are okay with the state option. Uh, Terry asked us, I'm in a quandary about how to invest $750,000. It's in my 401k. I'm 67 years old, retired, and I'm not started taking Social Security yet. What's the best way to preserve this money for the rest of my life that doesn't have high fees? <laughs> uh, so, Terry, um, you know, I guess preserve is a, is a hard thing. If you want it to be still $750,000, you need to invest it in some sort of fixed investment that has high credit quality like U.S. Treasuries. Uh, but when I think of the term preserve, I think of do you care about preserving your purchasing power? Because uh, let's say you know, live another 25 years, Terry, uh, and we have 3% inflation over that period. Uh, your purchasing power on that $750,000 is literally going to be cut in half uh, and then some. And so um, if you want your purchasing power to keep up, meaning how much it costs to, to buy bread and milk and all those sort of things, then you need to have some of that money invested in the stock market. So if your time horizon is the rest of your life, Terry, I don't know when you're going to die and neither do you. Uh, and as Charlie Munger famously said, tell me where I'm going to die and I just won't go there. Um, you know, you, you just have to figure out okay, what's my mix of stocks and bonds so that I can preserve my purchasing power? Maybe it's 50-50 for you, Terry, where you have 50% of your money in treasuries and the other half in a diversified stock portfolio. But just know that that will still have volatility. So there's two versions of preserve in the world that Josh and I live in. One's preserve your capital, one's preserve purchasing power. We prefer the latter. All right, that's our show this week. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. Remember, buy low, sell high. We'll see you next week. listening to partners of Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management on the radio show Financial Focus. Remember, you can email or call with your questions anytime during the week. Visit northwestquadrantwealth.com for more information. See you next week on Financial Focus. Any opinions expressed herein are given in good faith and are subject to change without notice and are only correct at the stated date of issue. Past performance is not always indicative of future results. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Securities, financial instruments, or strategies mentioned may not be suitable for all investors. Prices, values, or income from an investment mentioned in this report may fall against the interest of the investor, and the investor may get back less than the amount invested. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as a recommendation of particular securities, financial instruments, or strategies to you. Before acting on any recommendation on this material, you should consider whether it's suitable for your particular circumstances and, if necessary, seek professional advice.